You're now listening to The Co-op Podcast on thecoalition.com. afternoon ladies and gentlemen and welcome to episode 297 of the co-op podcast uh i'm your host richard billy jr and today i'm joined by mr gary a swaby how's it going gary it's going good thank you very much i heard it's been a quite an interesting week at e3 so i want to hear some stories today oh absolutely you as well as all the listeners are going to have a lot to hear today uh and we are also joined by mr jake james lugo How's it going, Mr. Lugo? I'm doing good. I'm back from E3 as of the other night. Uh, again, we were both out there at the show, so there's a lot to talk about. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, um, yeah, for, for for those that don't know, as, as Mr. Lugo just said, this entire show, we're just going to talk about our E3 2019 experiences. Um, and I actually would like to start the show by passing the mic over to Mr. Lugo because he actually went to LA ahead of me. Um, I believe you was there uh, last Saturday over to Mr. It was like um, Saturday to Sunday about, night, yeah. Okay, so so how about you start us off and let us know how, how things were uh, the first, I guess you could say day zero, zero, because I know there's multiple days, but day zero of uh, the E3 2019 experience. Yeah, so I went there Saturday night. I flew out like 9 p.m. Saturday and I got there 12 midnight, you know, LA time. Uh, to go to E3, to go to the conferences. The only thing I did not go to this entire E3 was EA Play. Uh, and the reason being is because it just didn't make sense for me to fly out there the day earlier and spend a little bit more just to get out there, go see EA Play. I saw the stream of what was there, and pretty much I think all of us where you guys, I think, talked about at one point the, the reactions to EA Play's announcements. It was whatever. So I felt like I wasn't really missing out on much. But I went out there to go to the Xbox conference, to go to the Bethesda conference, to go to the PC gaming show, and also to go to the Ubisoft conference. Uh, the only other conference I did not go to that week was uh, Square Enix because, uh, again, we just didn't get invited to go to Square Enix. So the long story short, Basically, the conferences were very good. I was in there in the audience for most of the big moments that everybody saw on streams. Uh, I was there when they showed Keanu Reeves. Everybody flipped backwards because it was such a cool surprise. <laughs> that was probably one of the bigger surprises of E3 this year uh, for a game that people were already excited about. They just got even more excited about it because they're bringing on even more great talent onto that show. Um, I also got a chance to see a lot of the other uh, crazier announcements from Bethesda, from uh, what is it, Ubisoft, which was pretty cool. Uh, not as big as some of the stuff that I saw during the Microsoft conference, and I would even argue during the Nintendo Direct that had bigger announcements, in my personal opinion. But they were still all primarily good shows. A lot of people have been talking, you know, throughout E3 week that some of the shows were terrible, and I don't think so. Granted, if if I had to really put like a totem pole or a hierarchy of the conferences, I would say that the PC gaming show was probably the worst because a lot of that stuff is not for me. Because a lot of that stuff is more geared towards PC-only type of people that play a lot of RTSs, that play a lot of MMOs, play a lot of simulation games. And I understand there's an audience for that. 
And if anything, there was a lot of big stuff that was revealed for that grouping of people. But for me as a person, as a console person, as someone that doesn't dabble too much in PC gaming like that, it was an okay show, but it wasn't terrible. It wasn't garbage. It wasn't like, you know, absolute fail. A lot of people kept trying to say that about the Bethesda conference, and I disagree wholeheartedly. They showed a lot of stuff. Granted, Fallout 76 had a very bad... Uh, what is it run thus far? Like within it's like you know since its release, they're they were announcing that they're implementing a ton of stuff into that game on top of all the other stuff that they showed. I mean, there's a lot of great stuff with Doom Eternal. There's a lot of great stuff with Wolfenstein: The New Blood. Uh, stuff with Elder Scrolls Online. There's a lot of content coming to those games, and they didn't even talk about Starlink and the new Elder Scrolls, which I think was to their benefit, to be honest with you, because those games are still in development. There's still stuff happening with those games. But more back onto the stuff that was there. Uh, Microsoft happened, went to Bethesda later on that day. It was a lot of fun. Uh, Next morning, went to the PC gaming conference, like I said, and and it was what it was. And then finally went to Ubisoft. And Ubisoft was fun to me uh, because Ubisoft had some cool announcements. They had some cool surprises. Uh, Not all the surprises they had were all that great. They announced that show. That is, uh, what is it? It's, I think it's called Mythic Quest or something like that. It's, it's kind of like a parody of MMOs, a parody of like World of Warcraft, but it's the story about the developers. So it's got that guy from uh, It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia, which I think is fine. It's, it's kind of, you know, silly. Uh, and I'm pretty sure people are going to watch it. But the unfortunate thing is that it's limited to Apple TV. And that kind of sucks because I was expecting them to announce it for maybe like Netflix or Hulu or something of that sort, because I feel like more people would watch it if that wasn't the case. Um Besides that, the stuff with Watch Dogs Legion I thought was very cool. Uh, a lot of people were very excited about that. I had some conversations with different people about that game specifically because the idea that you could switch between multiple people like all over the place and pretty much you're commanding a Legion as opposed to just a few select characters, that's very, very cool. and It's very appealing, and it's going to be interesting to see how that's going to get implemented and, and really kind of adapted to like the large scale city that you're going to be able to explore in London, as well as also the narrative. I think that's going to be really cool. And mind you, all the characters that you play as have dialogue and all the characters that you play as can influence the story, whether they die or not. And that's really cool, especially if you love, you know, RPG esque type of games, because Watch Dogs, I wouldn't really consider an RPG. I would consider it more of an action game. But that, again, that's just me. Uh, besides that, uh, there was other great stuff shown during the Ubisoft conference. There's Division 2 stuff that they showed, Division 2 content. Uh, they pretty much had a good roadmap of everything that was coming out, a lot of cool, fun announcements. A lot of collaborations this year, I noticed, between different companies, especially with the Terminator collaboration. I saw that multiple times at different companies. I thought that was very interesting, kind of funny. Um, but besides that, for me, the best conference that I saw was probably Microsoft. That was the one I had the most fun with. That was the one I saw the most interesting announcements, uh, you know, as far as press conferences are concerned, not streamed conferences. So I'm not counting Nintendo here, but as far as press conferences that I actually attended or that were actually happening out there, that was the ones that was really cool. Now, mind you, I do want to mention also, I did watch the Square Enix conference because even though we weren't invited, we were still watching it. Uh, A lot of cool stuff was shown there. Uh, Stuff with Final Fantasy VII Remake, big deal. Uh, The Avengers game getting shown for the first time, which I'll probably talk about a little bit later, both of those games. Uh, And all the other stuff, you know, Final Fantasy VIII uh, Remastered coming to Switch and coming to the other platforms. That's a cool announcement. Uh, Crystal Chronicles getting a release window. That's really cool. There There was a lot of great stuff all over the place. So I was overall happy with the conferences. That sound, sounds great to me. Um, and, and Gary, I believe that you did get a chance to see some of these other conferences. The only conference that I got a chance to see, uh, Xbox, I saw some of uh, Ubisoft and some of uh, Square Enix because I actually flew out on Monday. But 
I just was going to ask you, Gary, if you had any thoughts about uh, some of the other shows. We already spoke about Xbox, but uh, what did you think of Bethesda and the other ones? Uh, yeah, um, well, some of the conferences came on like late, late, late for me. And because I had work and stuff, I, I couldn't watch them all in real time. But um, I did, you know, catch up on some of the stuff after. Um, for me, I mean, uh, you know, JJ was mentioning the, the PC gaming show. Um, and usually that's, you know, not a great show. But I have to say one thing. The best PC gaming show this year was every other conference. Especially the Microsoft one. Because PC gamers <laughs> right now, like, we, we, we're we being spoiled now. Because now we got Games Pass. we got access to all these different games um under a subscription and there's like there's even like one dollar deals and stuff like that for games pass so um pc gamers have it good um but yeah uh the conferences you could definitely tell like something was missing without sony there and um in terms of microsoft i feel like they played it real safe um i mean even the uh even the Scarlet announcement was kind of light, in my opinion, but I understand that it's coming out next year, so they didn't want to, you know, go in full detail, because they'll probably do that at the next E3, or, you know, maybe even uh, later on down the line. Um, but yeah, uh, it, I think, to me personally, the best press conference was the Square Enix one, just because I felt like I I saw things that i didn't previously know about uh the ubisoft one was good too like they had some surprises there not big surprises but at least they were showing a few new things we didn't know about um and watchdogs 3 looks amazing london looks amazing in that game um but yeah for me personally the square enix one was my favorite just because you know i'm a big final fantasy fan and i've been waiting to see what the avenger game the avengers game is all about and i even made a couple videos um about you know those two games specifically um you know sharing my thoughts on that and everything but yeah like overall it just felt like something was missing and i don't know if you guys got that vibe uh while you were there and stuff that it just I definitely wasn't the did. same i definitely did when i was on the showroom floor more so than at the actual conferences because granted we all knew there wasn't going to be a playstation conference you know for obvious reasons but really and again i'll get into that more later uh the actual showroom floor roaming around it is where i really felt that i agree 100 percent. and yeah as you said we definitely gonna talk about that uh, a little bit later um but yeah uh just to finish off the conferences um Based on what I what I what I have seen, uh, I did go back and watch some of them. I definitely think that that Nintendo stream was that was very surprising because I mean they always have a good uh, direct around E three time, so I, I don't really think they, they disappointed anybody with that direct. The, the majority of people that I know have all said, yeah, that Nintendo probably had the best stream of, of, of it, 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 in terms of if you're just talking about the, the stream by, by itself. But um, overall, very exciting conferences. Uh, E3 2020, I definitely have to make it a, a priority to get to these. Because, I mean, I, I was invited to the Xbox and Bethesda. It's just that when I had got my flight, it, it was uh, it was well past the time of those shows. So I wasn't going to make those shows. But next time, definitely, definitely got to make time for that. Can I, can I say something on the Nintendo thing? Because since you guys both mentioned it, I might as well 
uh, talk yeah. about it a little bit. The only reason why I wasn't mentioning it before is because, again, that's not really a conference. We're just focusing yeah. on the conferences those few days. But, you know, that first day, I watched the Nintendo Direct with uh, a couple friends of mine, some YouTubers, you know, big Nintendo YouTubers in the main lobby of the West Hall right before we went inside, like a couple hours beforehand. And I have to say, like, this is the Nintendo Direct out of everything else in the show that had the most surprises. I mean, even though there was stuff that we kind of knew about, there was some stuff that I did not know about that got announced that a lot of people aren't making a big deal about. Panzer Dragoon Remake, that's a huge deal. That's a very big deal. That was a surprise that came out of nowhere. And the same thing with the Secret of Mana collection. I think that was another one with the remake of the third Mana game. I think is another surprise that was really, really cool. Um, mm-hmm. All the stuff, obviously, with Banjo with being in Smash Brothers. All the stuff with the Dragon Quest characters being in Smash Brothers. That was very cool stuff. We knew that some of that stuff was coming. And we knew some of the stuff with uh, Link's Awakening, Luigi's Mansion, Astral Chain, you know, Damon X Machina. And some of those other games that were being shown. We knew a little bit about that stuff. Even Animal Crossing, which, for whatever reason... Animal Crossing got the biggest pop out of everything that was shown in that direct, and I don't think it deserves it, you know, but that's only coming from a person that isn't into Animal Crossing as much. I felt like there was bigger announcements during the direct that deserved a bigger pop. And uh, also, got to mention, uh, Breath of the Wild 2, the sequel to Breath of the Wild is already in development. At least Nintendo finally came out and said officially we're doing this. So that's an interesting thing because that brings up a lot of questions with that, as well as also the Link's Awakening remake coming out. I mean, are they going to keep doing like a dual release of Zelda games like every once in a while because keep we're going to get we just had Breath of the Wild not too long ago we're going to get Link's Awakening towards the end of this year or into next year and then we're going to get another uh was it mainline Zelda game that's going to be for the Switch assumingly you know so that's like going to be a very very big deal so anyway those are just my brief thoughts on the Nintendo Direct I thought it was a good direct as well Absolutely yep I agree. I agree. Excellent thoughts. All right. So uh, I guess we will now shift gears to talk about uh, the big show itself. So uh, how about you describe to us your very first day of E3 on the floor? And and after you're done, uh, I'll let people know what I saw on the first day. Sure. Again, it was a very very busy week like just everything about e3 is always busy like it's it's a lot of people that follow us here on the coalition and follow everybody else like on twitter don't really understand just how hectic e3 can be especially if you're in the media of like how much stuff you have to do and how much stuff you have to be at and and stuff you got to check out and for me personally you know, I don't know about you, Rich, but every day, like every hour on the hour, I had to go someplace. Like I was circumnavigating the floors like constantly and going between both the West Hall and the South Hall like a lot, which was a pretty big deal, which is great in hindsight because you have a lot of stuff to do. But it could get, definitely get very exhausting uh, on the floor. I got to see a bunch of different games, you know, uh, more specifically with appointments. One thing I will say is that I didn't wait in lines for E3. Uh, which is a thing that's unique to kind of to us, you know, being in the media and being industry people, because the lines are still huge. But one thing I did notice is that this year's E3 was a little bit lighter in the attendance compared to previous E3s. Now, obviously, part of that has to do because PlayStation wasn't there. I think also a lot of people assumed that because PlayStation wasn't going to be there, there wasn't going to be as many big announcements compared to previous years of the show. And I think that for them, They missed out on a lot of great stuff, I feel like. But I understand why that thought process was there. Because usually the biggest announcements usually come from either Microsoft, Nintendo, or Xbox, or PlayStation. And, you know, taking out one of those big three 
like that from the show could really kind of diminish the excitement factor. But I still felt like it was very exciting to be there within that atmosphere. Only this time, there was a lot more moving around room. You know, in previous years, last year and the year before, it was very difficult to get from place to place. It was just like insane with how many people that were there, especially people that were just waiting in line to play some of these games. It was absolutely nuts. But this year wasn't like that. Granted, I didn't wait in any lines. Now, as far as seeing games are concerned, on the first day, I went to go see Bandai Namco. I went to go see all their games there. I went and I did an interview with the Division 2. Uh, what is it? I believe it was the community manager of the Division 2. I actually have to post that up this week for us, everybody on the on the Coalition website. It's an audio interview, so there'll probably be some Division 2 gameplay with it. But it was just basically we were talking about all the new content, all the new announcements that they had, and a lot of the other crazier stuff that was shown at the Ubisoft conference. And that was really cool. Um, and then most of the time, I also saw a lot of tech stuff. I saw a lot of, you know... Uh, accessories, you know, a lot of retro gaming accessories, more so than I did games. The one thing I do have to mention, and I bring this up every year with the exception of last year, we didn't get a Nintendo appointment, which was really a shame because I wanted to see and get hands on time with uh, Nintendo Nintendo Switch games like, you know, Marvel Ultimate Alliance 3, Luigi's Mansion, Link's Awakening, and some of the other games that were on display there. But we didn't, fortunately, we didn't get to do that. So I had to look at these games from a distance or kind of get like accounts from other people that actually got hands on time with them. And from my understanding, the lines were ridiculously huge. There were sometimes three or four hour waits for about 10 or 15 minutes of gameplay, like not even like it, it was just it was pretty insane. But Seeing all those games were at least cool, you know, seeing some of the gameplay and, and, and seeing them in motion with people actually getting hands on time with them was pretty cool. Uh, the best surprise and best coolest stuff that I saw uh, that first day was from Bandai Namco, and it was because of Dragon Ball uh, Kakarot, Dragon Ball Z Kakarot, which is the reimagining of the earlier saw portions of the Dragon Ball Z anime. And it feels very similar to Dragon Ball Xenoverse, but much more improved, like ridiculously improved. Uh, one of the things I've been vocal about is that I don't like the Xenoverse controls. I feel like it's very clunky and very kind of like, you know, half-hearted in some avenues of it. But one of the things I noticed in Dragon Ball Z Kakarot is that going from flying to running to running to moving around on the ground to jumping on the Nimbus and all this other stuff, very seamless. Very, It feels very good and it feels very intuitive. And uh, the fighting is pretty good as well. Again, I, I got into a fight with Raditz. It was like basically one boss fight and a couple side quests. Uh, and it felt very good from what I saw. I can't wait to see more of that. And then finally, I also got to play Rad from Bandai Namco, which was kind of cool. Uh, it was like this punk slash 80s or 90s, like, you know, punk vibe to it with uh, dungeon crawling slash diablo S type of elements to it. It was really, really fun. So that was my first day in a nutshell. But what did you get to play, Rich? Oh, yeah. So, for, yeah, so... I play. I played a lot. I, I got a chance to see a lot of things. First off, let me just say yes. I do agree a hundred percent with what you said about it feeling different on the floor. Um, yes, PlayStation not being there is a pretty big deal. And then you have Microsoft having their own show at the Microsoft Theater because they had an Xbox showcase event, um, but that was in the Microsoft Theater. So um, yeah, it is just a lot more space to navigate. Throughout, uh, you know, depending on where you went in the actual convention center. So, yeah, it definitely felt different, like something was missing. Um, so, as for what I got a chance to see the first day, uh, okay, I think I had about, yeah, I had about six appointments. Um, first off, I got a chance to see Dying Light 2. Um, this is a game that uh, I was first introduced to. Well, I, I played the first game several years ago. You know, our, our friend Charles Singletary introduced me to that game. And uh, obviously last year they were at E3. They showed 
a, you know, just to give you an idea, they showed some gameplay footage just to give you an idea of how the storyteller would work in the game. There was no zombies in that particular footage. It was just how you interact with the different human characters and how certain decisions impact other things. So this this time, this year, they actually did have some zombies in the demo. Um, they dive deeper into how important your decisions are uh, because, again, you know, they showed everything from the perspective of a new character that you're playing as, which is also a character that is that is infected as well. And if the character stays in the dark for too long, then he turns into one of one of one of the zombies. So uh, pretty much, they just showed a lot of gameplay, a lot of the parkour running across the city, uh, some of the con combat, which is still as brutal as it was in the first game. Um, and then, of course, it was it was all predicated on a decision. Where the city of uh, the city is on the brink of collapse, there were, there was an issue where they were, were running out of water, and there was a certain person that was on your side that is shot at the very beginning of this demo. So now your goal is to try to get to the other person that they wanted to broker the deal with, and once you get to that person, you have to make a decision as to whether or not you want to trust them because they're telling you that the other side is lying to you. So you make a decision on who you should. Who, who you should uh, actually work with. And of course, by the end of the demo, a certain decision was made. It turns out it wasn't necessarily the right decision. So you get a chance to see how it impacts. And they spoke a lot about this, of how, how it's going to impact the story. Um, and they also mentioned something interesting that I thought was very, very interesting about the interview was that there are certain quests and things within the game that if you make a decision that this doesn't turn out to be the right decision, then that means those quests will not be available to you in that particular play session. Now, if you play the game again and you make a different decision, then those quests might become available to you. So basically, they're putting a lot of content in the game so that it will have a lot of replay value, which I think is a really great idea because a lot of people keep playing Dying Light, the original one, to this very day. So, um, but yeah... It was a very good presentation. I enjoyed the hell out of that. I'm looking forward to that game. It's not coming out until 2020. Uh, I will have a lot more extensive things to say about that game because I'm, I'm writing up a whole bunch of stuff right now. So stay tuned for that as well on the website sooner rather than later. Uh, I also got a chance to see a demo for Psychonauts 2. Um, that was interesting to see because I haven't spent a ton of time with the original Psychonauts. Uh, I know that Microsoft acquired Double Fine. So... There were definitely a lot of conversations about that in the actual uh, presentation because, you know, Tim Schafer actually presented the game and everybody had a, a whole bunch of questions about the game. But what I can say of the game, yeah, it, it looks it looks great. Um, graphically, it looks fantastic. The art, art style is pretty much the same. Uh, it's a little bit more advanced because, you know, the original Psychonauts was done a long time ago. So graphically, it, it does look it's the same art style, but it just looks like it's a lot more clearer, a lot more distinct and defined in certain areas. But yeah, uh, it's supposed to come out sometime next year. Um, I don't really know if they already they confirmed the actual release date. They just told us 2020 in the actual meeting. So we'll see. But that was good. Um, from there, I, I got a chance to go check out the Outer Worlds because they also had a presentation. Um, Private Division is the name of the company working alongside uh, Obsidian. So this game, when I first saw this game, I thought it was like 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 Borderlands 3 to a certain extent in terms of some of the art style or how they how some of the characters look. 
there's a lot more to this game because it is it is a science fiction RPG type of game. So it's like you have a lot of different dialogue conversations with different characters, and then of course you say certain things that will dictate uh, your relationship with that character, stuff like that. But the game looked looked great. Um, it was running on PC. It, it looked fantastic. Uh, uh, and I'm very curious to see more from the game. It is coming out October 25th, so uh, not too long from now. Um, but yeah, it, it, it looked like it's a lot of fun. But for those that are thinking that this is completely like Borderlands, like I thought, I just want to prepare your expectations. Borderlands is completely different in terms of the personality and how they handle certain things from this game. Uh, so don't make that mistake with the comparison. It's a great-looking game, though. Um, for RPG fans, I think they'll very much enjoy it. So definitely look forward to that because I'll have more to say on that soon as well. Uh, in the last few games that I got a chance to see, I did get a chance to finally play Control. Uh, Death Remedy Games, uh, their next upcoming title, which is coming out in August. Uh, I got a chance to play about an hour of one, I believe it was the third chapter in the game. So I got a chance to see how you can do certain things with the character, how you're able to you know, pick up objects and throw them at enemies and use them to solve puzzles and stuff like that. And, you know, I'm, al I'm already a huge fan of all the stuff that Remedy does with their game. So this to me feels very much like it's a much more improved version of uh, Quantum Break. Um, you know, I thought that that game was great, but uh, th this, is just a, this is just a totally different experience. It feels a lot more uh, self-contained. There's no uh, like TV elements in it like it was in the in the other game as well. This is all just all graphics. But based on what I've seen of the game and, and playing it, I very much enjoyed it. So looking forward to getting my hands on it and when it comes out in August. Um, I did get a chance to briefly see some gameplay. From, I know this was a topic that was discussed after the show and even during the show to some extent. With people saying the game is too violent and all this other stuff. I, I want to say this. In my presentation, the developers made a point to say that they, they, their whole goal was to make this the most realistic Call of Duty game that they've ever made. And based on what I saw, I could say, yes, they, they did make it more realistic. It is more brutal in nature. But I think it is necessary for the type of game that they're trying to make. Like, in this particular get demo I, I had, there were two different parts. There was one part where they showed that there was a terrorist attack outside of a of a certain area in London. And then the next thing they showed was the gameplay of you going to the location where the bad guys were. So, the whole demo was running on PS4 Pro. Uh, it looked fantastic. But yeah, you know, going into a house, shooting through the walls... There was a one scene which people have talked about and criticized where there was a woman holding a baby. And that kind of would give you vibes of what they did with the whole no Russian thing in, in one of the other Call of Duty games. But but again, I mean, the game, they, they made a point to make it more realistic and make it more brutal in terms of telling the story and showing what's going on with these characters. So I, I didn't have a problem with any of that. But the game looked fantastic. Um, I mean, it really, really looked really good. Quick question, like, because uh, I've been hearing some criticism yeah. that the game is too realistic and that it's going to offend veterans and things like that. Would you agree with that? Well, b based on what I saw, um, because I've only saw one gameplay session of, of one 
level of the game. Uh, I heard that there are other levels that were shown to, I guess, other people within the industry. Based on what I saw, I mean, I wasn't offended. I mean, and the, the funny thing is, by the time the demo was over, I mean, the, 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 that whole room, it got like a standing ovation. People were just clapping. They were, they was happy to see the... You see, the you see that of, hearing that is totally contradictory to what I'm seeing in a lot of different places. And, and I know a lot of different people refer to some of the IGN content that went up about uh, Modern Warfare, saying that it was kind of, you know, yeah. made them feel uneasy and stuff. And I understand that. It, but to me, that's only one opinion. What I understand also is that this is a game about war. You know, Call of Duty has always yeah. been about war. And if anything, Call of Duty as a franchise has kind of glorified the action element of war, like kind of like an action movie or something more of like a crazy fantasy. This seems like they're trying to change it a little bit besides being a little bit provocative, but actually show the more cooler, more harsher, more kind of like, you know, shocking aspect of what war really is. But to me, if there's a context for some of that stuff that you saw and, and if there was like, you know, it wasn't just like gratuitous where it was kind of just thrown in there randomly. If everything around it was built in a way that it made sense, I don't see why we're getting the reaction about this that we're getting from a lot of people. Because, you know, getting a standing ovation is very different than seeing all these articles come out and say that what they're doing is wrong. Yeah, well, I, I agree 100 um, percent. I mean, they, they, they didn't really go into too many details. With, with 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 a lot of information, they they did mention that the characters are, they want to tell a story of the characters. They have a bit of a complex nature to them, but they all but they did emphasize yes that they wanted to also emphasize the brutality of war and how it impacts different people. So they said a lot, but again, they didn't show too much because I've only saw the one portion of that demo, and I'm pretty sure they'll release that gameplay footage. Uh, you know, sooner rather than later, because the game is coming out October 25th, so they will definitely show more stuff before then, but, um, I didn't have a problem with it, you know, it's the action-packed game, I know that, uh, Black Ops 4 did not have a single-player campaign, and that is the one thing that I did not like about that game, because I actually like that when they do put single-player campaigns in these Call of Duty games, but from what I saw of this, I am definitely intrigued, I definitely want to learn more, so I would say that they did a pretty good job with the presentation. Um, but we'll see. There will definitely be more to discuss at some point. Um, and the, the final game that I want to mention uh, before I go to, before we, we talk about day two, uh, I did get a chance to, I had an appointment with Xbox to check out um, just to get more information on what's, what's coming for the future of Xbox where they talked about the cloud service and, and they mentioned in that presentation that the Xbox cloud is something they're going to talk about that a little bit later this year. It's going to be like a beta. But from what I gathered from that particular conversation is that this is going to be something that is going to be a totally separate price point from all the other stuff they have going on now. I know they announced the Ultimate Game Pass at the Xbox conference and that's $15 a month. But this S Cloud thing is something that's totally different, and it's going to be a different price attached to that. So I didn't know that information beforehand. Um, didn't really get a chance to try it because they, you know, where I had the presentation, they were just talking about that. But they did touch on a couple of other things about they do have other plans for, you know, Scarlet. That they they definitely are just gearing up and getting ready for that launch, and they also talked extensively about the PC, the you know, the Game Pass PC program as well, saying that they're going to have a lot more content rolling out to that by the time um, the fall hits. So uh, they they just talk extensively about that. 
one final thing I will say about that appointment is that while it was great to hear all of this information, um, there was a presentation for 12 minutes in the room directly next door to us. And all I could hear was the reactions from that particular presentation with people just screaming in excitement, just being really immersed in the experience. Because I know when we saw this at the Xbox conference, it definitely was a game that, that stood out to me. But yeah, hearing that excitement, that made me want to play this game. Unfortunately, I was unable to because I didn't have it for me to see it. But I definitely heard the reactions and a lot of people are excited and looking forward to that game. So um, we'll definitely learn more about that, you know, in due time. But um, yeah, th that concluded my first day. And, and yes, it, it was busy. A lot of back to back appointments, uh, so on and so forth. But yeah, it was it was, it was a damn good time. A lot of fun. Um, so on that note, uh, let's move on to uh, day two. Uh, my day two was Definitely, definitely a lot going on. But before I talk about my day, I'm going to go to you first, Mr. Lugo. Let us know how uh, day two of E3 went for you. Day two was a lot more busier than my day one. And then that's saying much because my day one was ridiculously busy. But <laughs> I got to see a lot more. We got to go in to the convention center uh, around 9 a.m. Or give or take, uh, around 9 a.m. is when things opened up. But I was there much earlier. Uh, now, me and you went to try to go see Cyberpunk 2077. Now, you got into the presentation upstairs because we tried to go with me as a plus one and they wouldn't allow it because originally we had signed up for both of us to go, but it was such a packed uh, presentation for the media that there's so many people going to go see it that they just couldn't accommodate. So I ended up going to see the game downstairs and I still was able to see most of what you saw. I think you got a little bit more of an extended demo than I did, but for the most part, we saw practically the same yeah. thing You know, from, from the way that they explained it like that so we got to see cyberpunk 77 2077 and that was dope that's a dope looking game you know besides the count reeves the reveal just seeing the game in motion looks really awesome and and i can't wait to see more of that it sounds like it's gonna be a really intricate really in-depth and really kind of unique game you know especially with the setting you know cd project red does a lot of great stuff with their rpgs and i can't wait to see what they do with the cyberpunk uh, whole motif um besides that Later that day, I went to go see like more like tech stuff down on the floor. Uh, day two was just as big and just as packed as day one. I'm not sure necessarily if my day two noticed, uh, or at least me on day two noticed, a lot more people in the convention center. I could be wrong about that because I know earlier in the day, there was less people because the media and the industry people got in first and everybody else got in at like 1 p.m. I know that it was like a good three or so hour gap between the masses of people coming in. And even then, after they came in and I saw the floor start to pick up, it still didn't feel like it was as packed as last year or the year before. It was still pretty meaty, but not as meaty. So was able to see a bunch more tech places. I got to see more stuff involving gaming chairs and a few other pieces of tech, which was really cool. I got to see this thing from, uh, what is it, Marseille? which is called the M Classic, is basically an adapter to an HDMI cable that allows you to boot up or at least, you know, uh, blow up the picture of any console that's HDMI output to about 4K resolution. Now, it was pretty cool. I got to see with some retro tech and, and a couple modern consoles, and I thought that was pretty interesting. It's very similar to the M, uh, was it to the Marcellus cable that I did an unboxing and impressions review for a while back. It was like last year that we also did a giveaway for. But at this time, it's more on like an actual keychain. It looks like a little adapter, uh, like, a, like a USB uh, adapter, uh, as opposed to just a cable. 
Uh, other stuff that I got to see, I got to see some other controller stuff. I got to see a lot of retro tech. Uh, the guys over at Retro Big Gaming uh, gave me some samples of their new controllers for the Sega Genesis and the Nintendo 64 that I'm going to be doing unboxings and impressions for. They gave it to me right then and there uh, because they have all these different products coming out very soon. It was pretty insane. Uh, like a lot of the different tech that they're doing for the retro gaming community. I thought that was pretty dope. They even have a Dreamcast one that I saw the prototype for on display there that's going to be both a USB uh, enabled and also an actual Dreamcast output or Dreamcast input uh, controller that's going to work with the BMU. So I thought that was pretty dope. But some interesting tech stuff going there. And I could say the same thing also about my arcade and uh, also arcade one up. I got to see a lot of their cool tech over there. They have a lot of retro gaming related uh, products. You know, there was a portable NES cartridge system and Famicom system that they had in the works there that I got to mess around with. I got to play on the world's biggest arcade machine, which was pretty insane. I got to play Marvel superheroes uh, over at the arcade one up booth. That was pretty cool. And they had on display a lot of their different arcade machines, which was pretty nice. Uh, as far as getting back to games are concerned though, because I did see games on my day too. I saw a little bit more games than I did on day one uh, i went to natsume games i got to go see their new harvest moon game which is very different than previous harvest moon games uh it's like this fast paced like you know co-op uh speed like puzzle type of game where basically you're you're playing as a farmer and you're trying to plant different crops and you have to plant and collect different crops of the same type uh within a certain time limit and then there's all these like different like you know factors that come into it like that change the environment uh mess around with you trying to plant your crops and stuff it was very fun it, again it sounds a little bit more complicated than what it is but it's very easy to get into very fast paced you know because harvest moon is a very slow paced game um but it was still very very fun Besides that, okay, I also went over to go check out XE Games. Now, I love what I saw from XE Games this year because they got me they got me a chance to play Sakuna of Rice and Ruin, which I, is a game I'm excited about because it reminds me of Muramasa the Demon Blade. It's an action uh, beat-em-up type of game, very similar to that style of game, that stars a young girl that's pretty much a, a rice maker, that she gets banished, and she has to defeat enemies and help, like, you know, make, like, all these different types of food and stuff. Um, but it plays very similar to Muramasa or any other type of vanillaware style game that has like a beat-em-up slash metroidvania aspect to it and it was very fun like i was doing all these crazy combos with the developers there i got to see the game twice i saw it at the exceed booth and i saw it at the mix uh, event which is a bunch of indie games getting together which i'll get to in a second but i got a chance to mess around with uh was it sakuna of rice and ruin and i thought i had a great time i played it on both playstation 4 and on nintendo switch which was really cool uh and then i went to go see a grand blue fantasy which is a fighting game from XE Games, which uh, has a bunch of different characters that are, I guess, from various franchises. I couldn't really tell because I spent so little time with it. But it's very similar to stuff like, you know, Guilty Gear. If you like, you know, Persona 4 Arena or if you love different games like Blaze Blue Cross Tag Battle, you know, because, again, it has multiple franchises. It's very similar to that stuff. And it's still very fun. It looks great. A lot of anime-esque type of stuff with it. It's pretty damn cool. The other one I got to go see, okay, I went to go visit WB Games. Uh, I got to see the new Star Lego Star Wars game, Lego Star Wars, the Skywalker saga. This was a cool surprise because this isn't like any other previous Lego game. If you guys remember like Lego Batman or Lego DC superheroes and even some of the other Lego Star Wars games and Marvel games, they're starting to implement like this open world aspect to them and the games just keep getting bigger and bigger. This one has to be the biggest one of all, especially for the Star Wars aspect of the Lego franchise, because now you get to go visit different planets within the Star Wars universe and you get to play through the events and, and alternate like like, you know, variations of the events from all nine main Star Wars movies, including The Rise of Skywalker, which luckily for us, right, this game is coming out after the movie comes out. 
Okay, which is great because I was worried that they were going to release this before the movie and we were going to either get spoilers or we weren't going to get enough of Rise of Skywalker. But it's releasing after the movie. So when Rise of Skywalker comes out, you'll be able to play through this and see all the crazy moments from that movie, but in Lego form. And from what I saw there, we visited uh, in the presentation that I saw, we went to Tatooine and we got to see all the major like locations within Tatooine in relation to Star Wars Return of the Jedi. And I thought that was very cool. You could run around and visit all the landmarks from like all four, all three of the original uh, saga movies. And uh, it was just fun. It was just really, really cool. It's very surprising. And I want to see more. I want to see how these other worlds like Endor, uh, what is it, Hoth, uh, was it Bespin, and all these other planets look in that world or within that game. Because to me, that's going to be freaking awesome. Now, finally... I also went to go play Borderlands 3. Now, I spent only a little bit of time playing Borderlands 3 uh, because they, they put it, threw us in and threw us out. We saw a little presentation, very similar to what we got in some of the conferences. And uh, I got to play with one of the new characters, the girl that uh, drives the mech. Uh, and again, you just don't have enough time to really get into the nitty gritty of that game. We only got to mess around a little bit with the skill trees, you know, run around a bit, maybe fight one boss at the most. I spent more time choosing my skills than I did fighting the boss, unfortunately, because again, we just didn't have enough time. But it was cool to see it. It was good to get hands on time with it. If you love Borderlands, you're going to love what this game is doing because you're going to have a lot of different characters and abilities to customize, a lot of loot to get. That was always a good thing. And then also, finally, I want to mention, because the mix was a big thing to me, because this was the spot for E3 where a whole bunch of indie developers could get together and still be at the show in some form or fashion. Because obviously a lot of indie developers are not going to have enough uh, cash or even just the, the popularity to get into a show like E3 to get a booth space and to get a spot where people can go check out their games. But the mix is that place to do so. So all these indie games were there. Again, I got to see Blood Roots. I got to see... Uh, what is it? Uh, Sakuna of Rice and Ruin again. I got to see Space Channel 5 VR, which was really random. And it was funny enough because I went to go play the demo and the demo crashed on us, which was kind of funny. So I didn't really get to spend a lot of time with it. But I, the brief time that I did get to see of it was kind of cool. And then finally, the one that stood out to me at the at the mix was uh, another demo for Bloodstained. Now, I'm excited about Bloodstained Ritual of the Night. I've been really hyped up for that for a while. So I got to play a good section of the game, which apparently, according to them, was like part of like the finalized version of the game because it's coming out fairly soon. So I got to mess around with that, got to fight a boss. It was kind of cool. I, I really enjoyed it. I thought it was good. Uh, people, I think, are going to be very happy about it, especially if you backed in on Kickstarter. So uh, there was other games there that I got to see, I got to dabble with, but not enough time really spent with them. Uh, overall, it was a good day, too. It was very busy. It was I was all over the place. I got to see a lot of great people while running around all over the place. That, sound, that sounds awesome. And, and, and uh, somebody had mentioned to me, you, you, you can confirm this or not, there was about 60 games at the mix. Um, Roughly, so yeah. Like there was there was a whole like building that we were on. We went upstairs, and there was this whole roundabout section that was filled with nothing but games. Like there were there was a lot. I mean, I saw Rose City Games' new game, the Cat Lady or Crazy Cat Lady, and I didn't get to play it, but I, I wanted to go visit them there because I, I reviewed the world next door and I wanted to see what they were up to. But there was other games there that that looked really cool, but I just didn't get hands on time with them because it was again we only had so much time to mess around there. Oh yeah, no, I fully understand that because. Uh... Yeah, I, I saw one of our very good friends that uh our PR friend who um actually worked on ukulele. Uh you, you know him as well. I ran into him and he was telling me about that event. Said that yeah, there's a lot of stuff there though. It's, it's a lot to, to try to see and digest and and uh, the little bit of time you have to check out everything. So um that's something else. So uh as for my second day uh at E three, um yeah, as as uh, JJ already mentioned, yeah, we did go to Cyberpunk 2077. Uh, the demo that I saw, um, 
yeah, it pretty much was the same demo. I don't know if they showed the character customization stuff in the video that they released that you saw. Um, yeah, I did. It was yeah. only very brief, but again, it probably wasn't as in depth as what you saw. Okay, yeah. So yeah, they, they did they did show that, and of course, uh, the whole demo where you are um, trying to uh, track down one of the one of the enemies that you're going up against in, in the game. Um, I mean, I'm going to write a lot more about this game, so I don't want to say too much on, on the podcast because I'm, I'm, I've already started writing something about it. But I do want to say, uh, I mean, I, I was impressed with what I saw from Cyberpunk 2077. If you was to ask me what were my best games of the show that I that I enjoyed that I wasn't able to actually play, it's definitely Cyberpunk 2077 and Dying Light 2. Um, but yeah. Cyberpunk just looks fantastic. Uh, obviously, we still have a, a ways from release because it's not coming out until April uh, of next year. But um, it looks fantastic. I, I like how they used uh, Keanu Reeves in this particular game as well. So, um, so many questions, so much more to learn. But I, I can honestly say this. For people who are fans of RPGs, I, I think they're going to have a, a, a lot of fun with this game because it's just a lot of stuff that uh, you can do. On the on the on the RG on the on the RPG tip, so I really, definitely something. Look, look. I really can't wait for this game. Like this is the number one game on my list right now. So a lot of people's <laughs> list too. A lot of people are a lot of people are very hyped up for this game straight up, and I think that this game is going to live up to it. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. For sure. CD Projekt, you know yeah, they, they, they've got a reputation. They're known for creating quality RPGs. So. Uh, this is yeah, I, I agree, and and, and 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 I also have to say, uh, I do believe that the swag they handed out was uh, that got a thumbs up from everybody. <laughs> oh yes, it did. You damn right it did. And I walked around <laughs> all over the place with it, no f skipping. <laughs> yeah, it's just 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 awesome, awesome presentation, awesome swag, uh, awesome game. I can't wait to hear and see more from this game in the next couple of months. And one thing I want to say that one thing I was going to say like really briefly because you mentioned about that. It was funny because everybody that went to that and got the jacket and stuff, everybody walking around the convention center was wearing it and they looked like a bunch (laughs) of jets and sharks together, depending on which side they had it on. I thought I just want to say that was really funny that I noticed throughout the the whole week. Oh, yeah. No, yeah, that that, that, that definitely was funny. It's uh, I, I, I wasn't expecting, you know, I know normally they give out something every year. Last year they gave out the statue. So I definitely wasn't expecting that jacket, but yeah, that that was very cool, awesome, awesome uh, incentive for those that went to, you know, were able to go to the appointment and stuff like that. So I got to give them props for that. Uh, as for that that gameplay video that I mentioned, I believe there was a report that came out that said they're going to sh- release that at PAX uh, West, and you know, so so everybody will see that gameplay footage sooner rather than later, the, the extended version of it sooner rather than later. So. Yeah, definitely look for that in the next couple of months. Um, from there, I, I I went to go see a game that um that I know that uh, you're going to mention later, JJ. I saw the Avengers game. Um, yeah. Now I will say this right now. Uh, I know that uh, I did see some criticisms of the reveal trailer that they showed for this game. People was complaining about the character models, the animation, and stuff like that. Uh, I. I, I just want to say this. The gameplay footage that they showed us, to me, that looked pretty awesome. I don't know why they didn't show that particular uh, reveal instead of the reveal trailer. Because um, 
I, I mean, I know why they didn't do it because it's a big thing that they say in there that uh, you know they don't want to reveal to everybody yet because it has it's related to the story. But um, I thought the gameplay looked fantastic, and I'm very curious to to see more from this game um, because I mean it's, we're still a, a long ways from release. It's not coming out till May. It's almost a full year before we're going to be able to really play the game in full. But what I saw of the game looked pretty good. Uh, and I'm just curious to learn more. I know they said that I believe there's going to be other characters that will be added. They'll be adding other content to the game. Uh, I don't really know how that's going to work yet. But what I saw so far, I am very much intrigued. So hopefully there's a lot of good things to look forward to. I know Gary also uh, had something to say about this game because you already made a video about this previously, Gary. So uh, did you think the reveal trailer was good or was you... Uh, was you what was you a little uh you know do you think maybe they showed it a little bit too early wait which game sorry i was uh doing some which uh, game? avengers avengers oh um i mean i don't know what they actually showed on the floor because um i saw some people said they got to see like gameplay and stuff yeah, um, so yeah. I, so I don't know what the state of the gameplay is but if that was bad then yeah it was definitely too soon um as for what they showed, I like the concept and the idea of the story and everything. Um, and my main worry for this was that it was going to be like an ongoing service-based game. And that it was going to be like Destiny and Anthem and you would have to keep buying new content. But they said it's all going to be be free. Um, so, you know, that, that made me happy. Um, and it actually seems like there is a story to it. So, you know, it's not just a... Uh, a shallow online co-op experience like there is actually some storytelling um in the game so i i like that about it uh the only thing is um and i know i'm not the only one here like who thinks the faces look a bit bland um but i think that's just because we're so used to the characters in the mcu and how they look um i do think that if you play this game more um that stuff would start to matter less like you would just get used to it um, and it's really not that big a deal, to be honest. Like, it's not game-breaking. Um, I, I think it's just because we're so used to how the faces look elsewhere. Um, and I think that's the only problem. But I did see that... Um, I think Square Enix said that they, they, they might address uh, the faces and make some changes or something like that. So uh, we'll see what, what it looks like when the game comes out. Yeah, I, I mean, I... Mean, I, I didn't really have any issue with uh with some of that stuff because i know that this is still i mean this is still almost a, a full year from from release but i but i, I did but i, I do i do want to say though for the people that criticize the reveal trailer man they really really need to see this gameplay footage because i saw the gameplay i i mean i i, I had no complaints on the gameplay uh because they had different sequences where they showed different heroes fighting villains I thought that I thought that was great. So I mean, I, I, my only question to, to Square Enix would be why wasn't that footage shown instead of the reveal trailer? Because that would have got people even more hyped. But with that said, I'm pretty yeah, sure they, they would have released really, that really footage whenever they get that. Yeah, yeah, they they, they should have did that. But I, I, you know, they'll, they'll release the footage whenever they, they they feel the time is right to do so. I'm, I'm assuming. But yeah, I, I enjoyed Avengers. I'm looking forward to it next year. That that's definitely something that everybody should be looking forward to if they uh, enjoyed what they've seen so far. Um, 
moving on, there's a few other games I want to mention. Uh, I also did get a chance to see the Lego Star Wars game. Um, and I pretty much agree with everything that uh, JJ had to say. The, the game looks great. The only question that I had, and I, I did ask them this question, is, uh, you know, I know that they have Episode Nine in this game as well. And obviously with the ne the new Star Wars movie coming out later this year, I, I wanted to ask them, so when is this game coming out? Because I don't want to be spoiled by anything. It's after, it's after the movie. They confirmed yeah. that it's coming out after the movie. Yeah, so it's probably yeah. going to be like early 2020. It's because the movie comes out this December. So it'll probably be like January, February, I bet you. So that's perfect. That's perfect right there. Because, uh, but yeah, I mean, the game looks fantastic. Uh, I, I mean, I always enjoy the Lego games. You know, graphically, the, this this looks like they've they've used a new engine as well. So it, the game looks good, though. But but yeah, look, look forward to that when it drops next year. Um, I did get some brief hands-on time with uh, Mortal Kombat 11 Shang Tsung DLC, which is actually coming out later this week. Um, what, what 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 can I really say about that other than it's it, I mean I thought I thought it was fantastic. Uh, I don't really know why this character wasn't in the game to begin with as opposed to being DLC. But uh, yeah, he just totally fits the game. And of course, the fatalities. If you've seen the videos of the fatalities, yeah, those fatalities are pretty are pre pretty uh, brutal in terms of what they are. But this is this is 100% Shang Tsung. They got the original actor that was in Mortal Kombat to do all the motion capture stuff, and, and yeah, it, it, it's fantastic. So definitely look forward to that. That DLC is dropping next week for those that have the season pass, and um, I believe shortly thereafter it'll be released to everybody at you know at a later time. Um, yeah, late, later down the road. Uh, so as far as what else I got a chance to see. I did get a chance to check out two Ubisoft titles. Uh, Ghost Recon Breakpoint, which was revealed earlier this year, and Watch Dogs Legion. So for Ghost Recon Breakpoint, um, that pretty much is... I mean, I, I played some of Ghost Recon Wildlands. This is, of course, the next chapter in that particular series. And we played a four-player co-op mission um, in which we, you know, we, we had to face off against some of the, uh, you know, the bad guys that are being led by the, uh, the lead antagonist in the game. Who, for those of you who don't know, it's uh, John Bernthal, who played the Punisher in the Netflix series and Shane in The Walking Dead. Yeah, that is the main antagonist for this game. So, excellent choice to get him to, to be a part of this game, period. But yeah, the gameplay pretty much reminds me of Wildlands, you know. Very, you know, very strategic in terms of how you play. Definitely have to communicate with your teammates. And we did a pretty good job, you know, up to the very end when we had to stop playing the demo. So for those that enjoyed Ghost Recon Wildlands, you're definitely going to enjoy this game. It feels like it's a lot more what they're trying to do with the storytelling. Um, there are some changes, but for right now, what I saw, there's not really too many changes. They have to do like an overview trailer and basically give more insight as to what other things they're doing to change this experience from the uh, the previous game. But yeah, fun fun, fun, fun time, pretty much. And uh, Watch Dogs Legion, which in my personal opinion, and as far as the playable games go for the show, this is one game that I definitely enjoyed the hell out of. Because pretty much as you had mentioned earlier, JJ, yes, you are able to pick different people within your group 
and, and do these different things. There is a gameplay video that they believe that they did show during E3 of like a demo where you're playing as a character in, in multiple characters and they have a cutscene and stuff like that. Um, I actually played as the old woman who was in the trailer uh, in my gameplay de demo. Um, and I had to recruit one, uh, another person that I met at a bar. And from there, you know, w w I got a chance to see some of the abilities you have because they do have these characters, you know, they have different skill sets they do. Like with the old woman, she's a hacker type. So I was able to hack into different devices and use like bots and stuff like that because I actually had to infiltrate an area where I had to steal some data, used a uh, robot to get into the area, killed all the bad guys, and, you know, then retrieve the information and basically use that to recruit the next person. But um, overall, I mean, there's a lot, there's so much to unpack with this particular game uh, because they have Ubisoft, it's a very ambitious title to try and do all this other stuff and they went into you know, in the presentation they went into detail about a lot of the other things they had to do where they had to create a modular voice uh you know they had to use that type of technology so that even as you're as you pick all these different characters who you can recruit um but as you pick these different characters they have different voices so all of that is stuff they have had to really you know really engineer and figure out like they can say they only have 12 voice types in the game but they use this technology to, to make to alter it in different ways so that it makes them have more just stuff like that is really really crazy and then the other thing about when you recruit people in addition to revealing all the information about that person it also has what how, their opinion of how they view dead set which is the organization that you're a part of in the actual game some of them may not have a positive outlook on dead set and there are things that you can do to get that person to, you know, get on your side. Like, say that there's a guy who has trouble with the law, has a probation officer that really gets on his nerve. Really gets on his nerve. You can take out that probation officer, and then all of a sudden, this guy will, over time, will eventually like Dead Set, and then can then be recruited to join Dead Set. So I can see that they're really trying to do a lot of things with this game. Uh, really, really ambitious ideas. Um, and so far, it looks like it's paying off. Obviously, um, very curious to see more, and I'm pretty sure we will see more. But yeah, the game was awesome, and I'm looking forward to it when it comes out uh, in March of next year. Um, so yeah, 2020, a lot of big titles dropping. Definitely can't wait to, to get my hands on more of these games. But um, that pretty much uh, wraps up my day two. So uh, now we're going to go to the final day of E3, and... Uh, I'm going to pass the mic over to you, Mr. Google. Let us know how the third day of E3 went. So my E3 day three basically was, you know, it consisted of probably the, some of the biggest games that were at the show that I got to see, uh, with the exception of obviously Cyberpunk. Um, so uh, I got a chance to see the Avengers game after you. That was my very first appointment that morning uh, that I got to see. So lucky enough, I spent most of my morning with uh, Square Enix, which we'll get to everything in, in just a bit. So Avengers, I, I wanted to comment. I wanted to wait for you guys to comment uh, on all your opinions and stuff because I wanted to say that I felt that a lot of the the criticism, or at least the harsh criticism of this game, was a little bit unjustified from people because the footage that I saw, we and you saw the exact same demo. We just saw it at different times, and to me, 
It was basically an extended version of what we saw during the Square Enix conference. I don't think there was very much that was different other than a few things here and there. Uh, they did go into a little bit more detail about, like, you know, there's going to be more powers and stuff you'll be able to use. Uh, there's going to be more, like, you know, missions that are co-op after the main story that you'll be able to to do and and do co-op with you know with other people up to four people to me that's fun and i think it's going to be interesting like being able to mix and match all the avengers uh the different superheroes together and seeing like what works with what and like how all these things are going to flow to me the gameplay looked like a combination of both god of war and a little bit of tomb raider depending on who they were actually controlling my favorite parts of it was the sections with thor uh the sections with iron man and captain america and i think the best one out of there was the the whole kind of like scripted event with black widow which was the fight against Taskmaster, which for me as a Marvel fan, that's a deep cut. And the main reason being is because I feel like they're trying to get a little bit away from the MCU stuff, which I can understand because the likenesses and the licensing of the character's likeness and their looks, you know, from the MCU is probably going to be a nightmare. And I think this game is going to be a victim of people presuming that it should look like the MCU when it's not. They're clearly going for a different type of vibe, even though the aesthetic is very similar. And it's not their fault. It just happens to be the product of the MCU, the movies being so popular. Uh, I think a lot of people are not going to give this game a chance because of that. Now, I will admit, much like you guys, the faces and stuff do need a little bit of adjustment, but this game is over a year out, or at least right underneath a year out. It's actually uh, close to being, uh, what is it called? I think it's in May is when the game is supposed to come out in 2020. And to me, that's more than enough time to adjust things and fix it up. They're, the only other thing that I think was justified in the demo that I saw was that there was a little bit of slowdown during the section when Black Widow was going underneath the bridge and she was fighting against Taskmaster and all the other Avengers are around her, like doing different things. It was a cool sequence, but there was a little bit of slowdown with the frame rate. And that's just a product of a demo being a demo at an event like that. So none of the stuff really bothered me per se. It wasn't so bad to the point where I, like, you know, on par with the same type of comments I was seeing online. I think that was very unjustified and not really fair. Especially in first impressions, because this is the first time we're actually seeing this game, like really seeing this game for the first time. So I can't wait to see more. I was excited about it. I thought the demo was great. I want to see, and I want to get hands on time with it eventually, uh, because I want to see like how each of these characters is going to feel when you're actually playing them. We saw them in action, but I want to know how each one feels, because we're having different characters with different powers and different types of roles, quote unquote, especially in co-op. There's going to be a lot of potential for a lot of cool, interesting stuff there. Now... The biggest game I played on Wednesday, and probably the biggest game I played at the show, not the biggest game that I saw, arguably, but the biggest game I played at the, sh at the show was Final Fantasy VII Remake. And I got a chance to play about 20 minutes of Final Fantasy VII Remake. Uh, they kept this under lock and key and under wraps Whoa. for a good long time when they told us for uh, was it being able to see the game. And it was like, you know, it was cool to finally <laughs> know that I was going to get to play this game because it was like, you know, this game is real. Like, this game is actually coming out. Like, they're doing something with this game, which is great. So the section that I played, which uh, it's been seen in the trailers and stuff, it was a section of the opening bombing mission with Barrett and Cloud. Uh, you don't get to see a lot of the other characters within that opening sequence area, you know, when you're bombing the Shinra Tower and stuff. Uh, but I did get to engage in some battles. I got a chance to mess with the battle system, which is a combination of the Final Fantasy 15 battle system and the combat with the ATB system of Final Fantasy 7. And the way that they blend it together is surprisingly good. It surprisingly works well together enough to feel like that one doesn't hinder the other. Where basically you could attack like in Final Fantasy 15, you know, hacking and slashing as Cloud. Or you could pretty much switch between Cloud and Barrett. And Cloud and Barrett have their own different types of ways of attacking. But you could attack normally an enemy 
and you build up the ATB meter. And once you build it up to at least one tick or one little bar of it, you could go up to about two or three bars, and I'm pretty sure you could extend it over the course of the game. Uh, you're able to choose one of your abilities, which is exactly like in Final Fantasy VII. You could actually stop time and use that to select your abilities, or you have the option of setting it so it doesn't stop time, and it'll be kind of like you know the active battle time system from Final Fantasy VII. There's options there to play with it. And it felt very good. I mean, in the demo that I had, uh, Cloud had Braver. He had a couple different, like, you know, variations of his attacks, uh, which was pretty cool. And also the limits. The limits were very good. Uh, Barrett, in his case, you know, controlling him, he attacks much better from a distance. And he could hit enemies that are far up in the air that Cloud can't reach. But he also had uh, abilities like, uh, I think it was Thunder. And he had a couple other stuff, like, you know, to boost up his defense and everything, which is very cool. The enemies look great. The overall look of the game and just walking around the Shinra, you know, tower and stuff and just seeing the Mako, the liquid Mako in that area just looks really good. They're really doing a lot of great work with this remake in the visual department, which they should. And a lot of people have high expectations for it. And I'm telling you right now, they're doing some really good stuff. They're on the right track. The other thing, too, I have to mention the music, the remixed music sounds so freaking good. Like hearing the opening theme uh, remixed, hearing the the battle theme remix, hearing the Shinra theme remixed, like it just sounds so freaking good in all that stuff that I got to see and play. Now, the final section of it ended with the Scorpion tank fight. Now, this wasn't tough. Like it had some challenge to it. Basically, they follow a similar system to like Final Fantasy 13 almost. So like there's like this way where you have to attack the enemy enough to stagger it. And to like knock it down and then you'll be able to do big damage using different types of attacks. But you also have to be able to switch between Cloud and Barrett, you know, at the right moments in order to do as much, you know, stagger damage and do as much damage to prevent yourself from getting really hurt from some of these scorpion attack, uh, scorpion tanks attacks. Um, when I, and during my time in the demo, when I was actually fighting it, they had like these different cinematic sequences that were on par with Final Fantasy VII Advent Children. Like they really took a lot of inspiration from moments in that movie and made like some of these boss fights and some of these sections like really cool. Like the scorpion tank like climbs on the walls on the side. Like when it goes into the section, uh, the second like mode or like when you're starting to get its health down, it starts going crazy and it starts using other attacks where it kind of like goes all over the place, changes up a little bit of the environment. There's a lot of banter between Cloud and Barrett, which I love. I think that's great like all the stuff that they're talking about between each other talking about shinra talking about how barrett doesn't trust cloud or what is it that you know clouds like origins and stuff like little little things like that not too in depth to like spoil the story but like enough to like make it feel like legit fun and legit interesting to listen in on what they're saying during battle and even when they're just running around and just like checking out all the different stuff uh it was a fun demo uh, we didn't get to see much more beyond that. Again, they only have so much to show. I'm pretty sure we're going to see more of this as we get closer to the release, which is going to be like next year. It's going to be really, really interesting, man, to see like how this the rest of this game shapes up. Now, I will say we didn't get to play with Tifa. Tifa wasn't in the party. We didn't get to play with Aerith, and we didn't get to see any of the other characters, which I'm pretty sure we're going to see eventually at some point, depending on when this actual game's story or part of its story actually ends. Um other than that, again, I, I think I'm looking forward to it. Like I, I was very skeptical about a lot of stuff because I was always worried that this game wasn't going to be at a good state to be presentable. But I'm satisfied with what I saw, and actually being able to play it changes my perspective on how I felt beforehand. There's stuff about this game that I think a lot of FF fans or Final Fantasy purists are really going to love. They're really going to dig this. So besides yeah, that, I was, uh, I was actually oh, no, go ahead. Yeah. yeah, go ahead. I was going to ask you about the music, but you already brought it up. But I do want to ask if the victory fanfare plays like when you beat an enemy or something. 
Uh, I don't remember. I think it does because I've heard the victory fanfare in there. I don't remember if it was after the Scorpion Tank battle or if it was after some of the other battles. I know it's there. Okay, I, again, it was just me being mesmerized by the visuals and everything else that was going on with the game. It was just, again, I wasn't able to pay attention to everything, but there was a lot of great stuff there. I'm pretty sure it'll probably be in there, and I'm pretty sure every iconic track that we could think of from the original FF7 is going to be there in some form or fashion. There's there's a lot of stuff to unpack. I'm telling you, like, little details, like, in the environment, little details into the sounds and, and things, you know, with the controls moving around, you're going to love it. I think a lot of fans are really going to dig this game. Uh, but, yeah, so... Yeah, it's it's gonna be dope. I I can't wait. Like so. Besides that, I also went to go visit Capcom. Now, Capcom, I, they only had one game to display. I thought they were gonna have more, but they didn't. They only had the Monster Hunter Iceborne DLC for Monster Hunter World, and it was pretty good. I got to do two fight two uh hunts with the monster with the the monsters that were in there. One of them was like this moose looking monster. I can't remember its name. And then the second one that I did, which I didn't get to complete unfortunately, was the Tigrex fight. Now, the only reason why we failed was because another person on our team wasn't able to survive as many times. They, they gave us like seven or eight continues, seven or eight times you could die in the fight. So they kind of extended it for the E3 demo for the media. And while I'm over here putting in work, we came this close to killing the Tigrix. Unfortunately, one of the other people couldn't pull their weight and we lost it. So shame on them because they should have drank some more drinks or something. But anyway, <laughs> the point being is... The Iceborne DLC is more Monster Hunter. If you love the game thus far, if you've been playing it constantly, if you've been playing a lot of the different DLC to come out with it, you're going to love what Iceborne has. There's another region to really explore. The monsters are pretty interesting. It's just more great Monster Hunter World stuff. I think it's going to be cool, and a lot of people are going to really dig it. Now, the rest of my day three wasn't really filled with a lot as far as games are concerned, because I saw all the big games with the exception of Nintendo stuff that I wanted to see while I was there. I went back a couple times. I went to the Sega booth a few times where I actually got to play with the Sega Genesis Classic, uh, and I got hands-on time with it, and I also got to check out the big Sega Genesis Classic they had on display there. That was fun. I wish I got a picture of me playing it, but I didn't uh, at the time. But basically... It feels good. You know, I was using the three-button layout Genesis controller, and it still felt pretty good or took me back, you know, a lot of nostalgia vibes from it. They even had the booth set up, you know, like a, somebody's room, like a 90s like kid's room, but just with a whole bunch of Sega stuff. So that was kind of fun sitting in beanbag chairs. It was kind of goofy. But uh, I got a chance to play with that. I got a chance to see Catherine full body. Uh, again, it's more Catherine. It's just got the extra DLC content or extra content, I should say, the extra character and all that stuff. It's more Catherine. They have a couple other little adjustments to it where you can take back a move and do other stuff with it. But it's more Catherine that you love. If, more Catherine, if you wanted to play more of that game, you're going to get a ton of it. Uh, and then finally, they had it there on display, but I'm not, I wasn't able to play it because, again, I, I can't really comment on it much, is uh, Judgment. Uh, Judgment was on display there. Again, if you love Yakuza, uh, pretty, sh pretty sure that you're going to be looking forward to Judgment. It's done by the Yakuza team. It has a lot of similarities to Yakuza Kiwami and Yakuza 6. Uh, and then finally, running around the rest of the convention center, I did see some other tech stuff while I was there, like running around and like moving around and stuff. But there wasn't really other like things outside of the stuff that I mentioned earlier that I was really excited about that really stood out to me. There, there, was, a, there was a lot more junk boots, I will say, in various different spots that were kind of meh you know to be to be honest with you uh but overall that i really had at least was satisfied with the exception of nintendo that i got to see all the big stuff that was there this year i, I was really kind of pleased with that so that was my day three that's how my e3 ended was playing final fantasy 7 remake and that was awesome so let, let, let me just say right now that uh after hearing that um i believe that you 100 percent sold me on final fantasy 7 re remake um yeah, I, I, I didn't get a chance to play it, but I, I've heard a lot of people just say 
the game is amazing based on that the demo that they played so yeah i i may have to consider picking up this game next year but uh i'm definitely gonna have to save up for it because there's a lot of games dropping in 2020 so we'll see how that goes um my third day wasn't really too eventful because I, I had to leave early. I had a flight that was booked for the afternoon, so I managed to fit in a couple of quick appointments. I did get a chance to look around, see some of the stuff on the floor. Got a chance to check out some of the uh, Alienware uh, tech um, computers, laptops, so on and so forth. Uh, as far as the games are concerned, I did get a chance to see um, Sniper Ghost Warrior Contracts which is a, a game made by uh, CI Games. Uh, I had a chance to play the last game uh, for a, a bit of time on the Xbox One, so I got invited to check out this game, which I believe is coming out later this year. Um, and yeah, if you've ever played any of these sniper type of games, you already have a good idea of what to expect. Uh, it's not brutal in nature as the other games made by Rebellion, uh, where you shoot the guy and it shows the x-ray. It, it's not that brutal, but it does have the slow motion shots where you shoot a character and it shows the bullet, whether it goes through their neck or whatever, it shows that, but it's not really as graphic as you would expect. But yeah, I mean, I got a chance to play a little bit of that after they gave us a presentation to go over how this game is a little bit different. Um, and yeah, as I said, it's pretty much what you would expect from these type of games. Um, so yeah, it's pretty fun. I definitely will check out more of the game when it launches uh, later this year. Um, and finally, the other game that I did get a chance to see, uh, I finally got a chance to play some of Borderlands 3. Uh, there was a brief presentation in which they talked about a few things with the game. Uh, they revealed uh, the third Vault Hunter because they've already revealed two of them, but they revealed a third one at E3. Uh, and then, of course, they let us have some time playing as the character. We had a choice of playing any of the three characters. Um, as someone who played uh, Tales from the Borderlands, uh, that to me was one of the best experiences that I've had in terms of a Borderlands game. I did not play Borderlands 2. I mean, I, I played some of it, but I, did, I didn't finish that game. Uh, I am compelled to go back and finish it now since it is on Game Pass. Uh, that in the pre-sequel they're both on Game Pass right now, so I probably will do that. But um, I enjoyed this game. You know, I mean, as I mentioned earlier, when I talked about the, the Outer Worlds, a lot of people will make the comparison uh, about these games looking similar because of the character models and stuff like that. But yeah, it's a totally different um, approach. And this particular game is just, you know, straight up first-person shooter. You're shooting these you, all these different weapons that you can do, and you can customize certain things on the weapons as well this time around. Uh, but it's just an overall fun experience. But again, the demo that I played was very brief. It didn't really dive too much into the story content. It was just basically to give you an idea of exploring the land and different characters that you can face off against. Um, so there's definitely a lot more to see. But again, this game is coming out in September. So we'll definitely, definitely see and play a lot more of this game in the next couple of months. So, but it just, I think they definitely showed me enough to convince me, okay, yeah, I will check out this game, but I definitely think it's essential for me to play Borderlands 2 and the pre-sequel just to get more a better, more idea of what to expect. But what I've played so far, I definitely am intrigued. And I wasn't that intrigued about this game until until I actually played it. So definitely something to look forward to. 
Um, so on that note, yes, that wraps up my day three. And I, put, I guess that pretty much wraps up all three of our days at E3. Um, I guess, uh, <laughs> well, 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 yeah, you, you saw a lot of footage. Uh, I, I'm sure, you know, they had, um, I didn't watch any of the broadcasts that were being done online. Uh, so, but I'm pretty sure you saw some gameplay from different games to some extent. So, um, but yeah, overall, I think the show was good. Like, 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 uh, you had mentioned earlier, JJ, yeah, it's a different experience than in the past. It did feel as though there was a lot less people there. Um, but I, I believe the one thing I will say going to this E3, uh, definitely, definitely looking forward to E3 2020. And I think that E3 2020 is going to be an even bigger show because it, it, it feels like it's going to be that type of narrative because we did get it. We did, we did, we do know that Scarlet is coming out holiday 2020 and PlayStation 5 is coming out sometime next year, although we don't know when, I would assume, unless whenever Sony makes that announcement. But I will say if that is the case, both Xbox and Sony are going to be, they're going to definitely have a lot to, to talk about at next E3. So I, I'm looking forward to E3 2020. There'll be a lot more to see, I think. Um, but yeah, overall, still a great experience, I would say, for this year. I agree. Um, I, I think it was fun. I think, like I said, I think a lot of people missed out because of the assumption of it not going to be as big. A lot of people are saying that this year was kind of bad or kind of crappy. I don't think so. I think this year was a good year for what it was. Oh, yeah, I agree. I agree 100%. Um, so one final question to ask. And then, then if you guys have any other questions you want to ask. I just want to ask, uh, I think I already know your answer. What was uh, your best game of the show? <laughs> I would say, uh, I would divide it into two things because I was talking about this with everybody. And I divided it into games I saw and games I played. The game I played that was best in the show was Final Fantasy VII because that was the best one that wowed me and kind of got me very excited and changed my perception about the game for you know that I've had for a while. Uh, again, and this is coming from someone that played Borderlands 3, that played a whole bunch of other stuff. But the game, obviously, you know, like everybody else, the game that I saw that was the best in the show was Cyberpunk 2077. I think that was unanimously decided amongst everybody. A lot of people kept saying, also, uh, people loved Dying Light. People loved a couple other games that they saw at the show, including Borderlands 3. But for me, Cyberpunk 2077 is just a game that just looks phenomenal. And again, I can't wait to get hands on time with it. Like a lot of other people, they probably feel the same way. It was, it was just that good looking. And then it was made that much more awesome with the involvement of Keanu Reeves and just everything that they showed. Yes, uh, I agree 100% with everything that you had to say about that. Um, and, 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 and if I, and if I was to answer my own question, I, I also would say the best game of the show for me, uh, that I was able to actually see but not play it, Cyberpunk 2077 is, is that game. I would give an honorable mention to Dying Light 2 also because, again, after playing the first game, They've done so much to make this game different from the first game. And it's all great stuff. It's all stuff I think people are going to enjoy. And it's very funny that the story, the way that, the, that you can dictate the narrative, that pretty much is the lot of similarities with this and Cyberpunk in, in terms of some of those things. So I'm very curious to see um, how both of these games actually turn out at the end. But yeah, Cyberpunk 2077, hands down. The best game I saw as far as the best game that I played... Um, I think that is, uh, without a doubt, uh, Watch Dogs Legion. I mean, I was just very much impressed by that game and, and by the, and the ambitious nature of it. And, of course, 
It is take place takes place in London. Ubisoft has done a, t- a ton of research and actually have visited London, and it really feels as though they the, the world has life in it. So I'm very curious to see where they go with this game. And again, that's coming out early next year. So looking forward to that as well. But um, I, uh, I hope this game gets more people to visit London, like a uh, YouTube. <laughs> oh, well, 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 yeah, it, it's it's possible. Um. I just want to say this though, Gary. If I do visit London, I'm not going to be taking any any Ubers. After I saw that Black Mirror episode, I, I don't think I, I should be taking any Ubers. If I do all I want is some Nandos. All, if I go to London, if I go to the UK, all I want is some Nandos, and then I'm good. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's on like every corner. That's like that's all I need. That's all, as soon as I get some Nandos, the first thing I'm doing when I get off the plane. It's like let me get through immigration and TSA, and that's the first spot I'm making. <laughs> Are you gonna smuggle some back? To America? Oh, oh, of course. Kidding me? There's just some things that are worth challenging the TSA on, and that is one of them. <laughs> Fair enough. Absolutely. Yes. <laughs> they're going to they're gonna press me. They're going to stop me at TSA for trying to smuggle in Nando's to the United States. It's like, no, we can't have this. We can't have you exposing our secret formula to the rest of the food chains over in America. What's wrong with you? Get out of here. <laughs> Oh, absolutely. So, so on that note, uh, I believe that wraps up what I was going to say on E3. Is there anything else that you guys want to mention about E3 before we wrap up the show? Uh, not much. I think that we touched on everything, and I, I've said most of what I had to say. I mean, there, there was a lot of other stuff that came out about E3 in the news that I just think was irrelevant, that was just silly and stuff. But overall, the show, from my experience, have being there and going to all the conferences, or at least most of the conferences and seeing most of the games there, I thought it was a good show. I thought it was fun. This apparently is the last year that E3 is going to be in the L.A. Convention Center, which would be, you know, again, it's very interesting to see where they go with that show next. But regardless, well, though, I still had a fun time there. Well, 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 well actually, uh, I, I, I actually do have a comment to make on that. Um and that is that I did receive the email that said E3 is coming back to LA next year. Um, oh really? Oh wow. Oh yeah, Wait, yeah. So. They, 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 yeah, they, they confirmed the dates because I got that email like, like as soon as I landed uh, that same day that I got back, there was already an email talking about yeah, they, they are they're planning to come back June 9th. That's surprising. That's very that's very surprising because I know that was a big thing amongst everybody's thinking that it was not going to come back next year because like they, that was what everybody was saying like this is going to be the last year that is at the show like people were saying it was going to go to Vegas but that's good to know because then it's back in the same spot that we know so we're familiar with it so it's all good. Maybe Absolutely. they uh, worked out a deal with the convention center or something. I'm pretty sure, yeah. And and also keep in mind that E3 is a show. It's like Comic Con in San Diego. It brings in a lot of money to the town, and I'm pretty sure they don't want to lose that. Oh yeah, absolutely not. I, I I did notice that there were a lot of companies doing a lot of different things this year. I, I hadn't noticed in the past. I don't know if you got a chance to. You saw that uh, I know Warner Brothers and Ubisoft. They had ice cream trucks. They were giving. Out I saw that. I didn't. I wanted some. I didn't get some. The only one that I got was from Bethesda because Bethesda during the end of their conference, like post conference, they had a little get together with everybody to go play games and stuff. Which the only one I was really disappointed I didn't get to play was Doom Eternal. I was really upset about that because the line was too long. But in the midst of all that, I was able to get an ice cream from uh from Bethesda. So I noticed that from the other companies, they they they're playing on to our emotions. They're trying to bribe us with ice cream. You see. <laughs> We see you, Todd Howard. We know what you did with Fallout seventy six. Don't think we didn't spot that. 
<laughs> so I got a question. Uh, how many ice cream filled controllers were there? Mm, that's a good question. I don't know. Okay. I, I, I don't so know I, either. I, I know I, people in hygiene sometimes, you know. Oh. So... <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that that's 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 crazy. Um, yeah, I man, I I definitely want to go to those shows next year. I feel like I missed out on Bethesda because I enjoyed the last Bethesda show and the fact that uh, yeah, they they made sure that we were uh, well taken care of. So um, next year, hopefully, I will definitely make it a point to go to all of these shows. Uh, we'll see. <laughs> but yes, uh, so. Any final shout outs or final thoughts before we wrap up the show? Um, I'll go to you first, Mr. Lugo. Any, any shout outs? Uh, sure. Again, shout out to everybody I met at E3 this year. I, this was the year that was the most busiest for me, more so than any other year that I've ever gone to E3 because I was literally all over the place, like constantly, every hour on the hour. Like I mentioned at the start of the show, I had to be someplace. I had to go in between both the West and the South Hall constantly. Everybody that saw me, I was running around like crazy. But even then, you know, in between appointments, I was still able to kind of like take a moment and go see places and just see a lot of great people. I saw a lot of great games, media people, games journalists that we know that we're friends with. Again, some notable names, uh, Hip Hop Gamer, Red Infamy. Uh, what is it? Um, Jason Schreier I saw out there. I saw Steven Tatillo out there. I saw Brian Crescente because I know he's been doing the thing with Variety. This was his last uh, show with Variety that he was out there. I saw him. Uh, again, I got to see a whole bunch of other YouTubers, including uh, Glitch X City. I got to see Rogers Base, The Completionist. I got to see, uh, what is it, Just Cliffy. I got to see a ton of people. Game Over Jesse. There was just all these different people that a lot of you guys here watching the show probably don't know. But again, they're, they're big YouTubers out there that do a lot of stuff that I got to see, say hello to, and talk about the show, talk about games with. That was a lot of fun. All the PR people that helped us out that were very understanding about all the stuff going on with the show and all the people that were very helpful when we were trying to get to places to see things and to talk about things a uh, big thank you to all of them because we appreciate that you know not just with the emails and stuff and not just the access but we appreciate the understanding with like you know sometimes we get place to places late or sometimes we get to places and we just can't you know uh do certain things while we're there because we have to run to the next spot like the understanding the patience that they have with us i think that's always really kind of like underrated and underplayed uh, and it doesn't get enough credit so really big thank you to all the people that helped us out and allowed us to go see those games and see the different stuff that was at the show and you know same thing with the conferences and everything everything else um again all the other friends that we have the show you know that we saw out there you know our fellow gaming uh, media gaming personality people just thank you so much for making the show fun making the show interesting making the show awesome to go see and just be a part of you know and shout out also to the jw let's, let's just put this on the table right now <laughs> the jw is where everybody congregates at everybody who's anybody goes to the jw at the end of the night and we're there to like two or three o'clock in the morning and then we have to get up to be at the convention center by like before 8 a.m or 9 a.m so shout out to the jw for being there for everybody and having free wi-fi you know that was pretty awesome that was pretty good so everybody could talk about stuff and connect via wi-fi and call uber that's always the best thing but that's those are my shout outs i know i'm goofing around and stuff, but shout out to everybody that attended the show and everybody that said hello and everybody that was there having fun with us it was just a lot of fun it was a great year I agree 100%. Uh, I also would like to give a shout out to JW Marriott for the same reasons you mentioned. And it was also, I, I was also told that I need to go check out the fig next year because I, apparently that's the other spot that people go to 
aside from JW Marriott. So I didn't know this. This is something that I learned. I know JW was the hard one to top off, man. Everybody was a Jack Black was at the JW Marriott. That, I saw that <laughs> was, there was everybody was there because it's so close to LA Live. That's why. Oh yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, definitely, definitely. Yeah, 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 yeah. I, I, I gotta hit that up. I gotta hit that place up some more. I, I was there briefly for a little bit of time, but yeah, ne next year I gotta make the most of the trip. I, I wasn't able to make the most of out of it this year, but next year I gotta, I gotta see everything. Make sure I do everything. Sure. Um, and yeah, as for my shout outs, yeah, I also want to give a shout out to everybody that I did meet at the show or that I did see at the show. Didn't really get to spend too much time with with, with, with many people. Didn't even really get to spend much time with you either. But uh, it will it will be better next time, for sure, because I'll actually make sure that I plan to be there for the duration of the show, including the conferences. Because, uh, yeah, but those are great to get to be, uh, be at live. So next year, for sure. But shout out to everybody that I saw at the show. Hope they were able to get back home safely. Um, and, yeah, looking forward to going to more shows in the future. But uh, that's my shout outs. So Gary, uh, how about you give your final shout outs before we yeah, wrap up? Um, shout outs to you guys for, you know, being there and everything. Um, you know, I didn't get to go this year, unfortunately. Um, well, mainly because, like, you know, I was going through a lot of, like, I'm going through some things in life. And, you know, I just wasn't very enthusiastic about E3 as a whole. So, uh, yeah, I missed it this year, but maybe I'll be back again because it's always good to see, you know, all of our friends and family in the industry and everything. So um, exactly. we'll see what happens next year. But um, shouts to you guys. You know, thanks for letting us know what it was like there and everything. And shouts to the entire coalition staff. And uh, I also want to give special thanks to a few people. Uh, that's M. Collins, Mauricio Aguilar, Himdil, Fergus Mills. Miguel, Antonio Rogers, and Sean Gority. Uh, thank you all for your continued support of the podcast. And um, that's pretty much it from me. Yes, absolutely. So uh, thank you all for tuning in. Um, and I uh, hope that you all have a great week. I also want to very briefly say, and I should have said this at the very beginning, definitely want to wish all of the fathers out there happy Father's Day. Um, and if you have not called your father yet today, you should be doing that immediately. Um, but yes, hope everyone has a great week and, uh, we will talk to you all next week. Peace out.